Welcome to On Sup. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And I'm going to shut up because I really want you guys to listen to the ambient noise for just a bit. Do you recognize that? Oh, I think it's like ingrained in everyone's brain. <laughs> Long time listeners will certainly remember. Yes, it is the sultry, sexy and well stimulating sound of the piped in music at Starbucks. Yep. Yes. <laughs> it's been what? 9 months, 10 months, 10 almost? months, 10 months, 10 long months later Peter and I are recording Hot Sub face to face, not over Zoom, not over Skype, not sitting in our respective homes but with considerably safe distance between us. Is this a cause for celebration? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, we've already drunk a coffee so we are not clinking cups and plus Starbucks doesn't serve you like coffee in fancy cups anymore. They do it in plastic fucking cups. Yeah, <laughs> it's takeaway <laughs> now. <laughs> well, you know what else is a cause for celebration? It's Christmas. Merry Christmas, Peter, to you and your family as well. Thanks, man. And to all our listeners who are celebrating yep. Merry Christmas. Yep, season's greetings to everyone and hope you all are safe, secure and well-fed and comfortable. Um, this also means that the year is about to end in under a week and that means it's time for Hansap's year-end episode. It's the episode in which Peter and I will chat our mouths off trying to box in our favorite releases of the year. And also defend our <laughs> releases for this year. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the year, right? Like, I mean, what a fucking crazy year it's been. I can't help it, but I'll have to use that dreaded, boring-ass phrase, the new normal. Uh, we've all had to adjust and adapt, but... One of the few silver linings in all of this has been an increase in the amount of metal that has had to play soundtrack to our lives. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know, for me, the initial few months of social isolation and forced social isolation, I must say, were really tough. And it, it got me, like, you know, first of all, getting into the familiar sounds and, you know, creating that whole routine. And then I think... I'm sorry, I'm going to preface this, but I, I feel that all my picks for this year kind of reflect that. But to me, there have been only a couple of things that kept me sane uh, through this entire... One has been a regular exercise routine and the second is just listen to copious amounts of metal. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. I think... Well, I'll add on like uh, definitely to that and I'll add on fucking just horns up. Yeah, man. true, true. <laughs> the like, fact that we managed to do this weekly and sometimes more yeah, than a, more than once in a week was yeah, can you fucking awesome. This is our 66th episode this year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, You've been keeping count. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think when I was making this list, I realized that this year and it's strange, I've listened to far more music than I did in the last Who five hasn't? years. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Right? <laughs> Who hasn't? But anyways, let's get down to it. This is how it's going to roll out. Both Peter and I have some honorable mentions. Uh, we also have non-metal lists that we are going to be subjecting your ears to. And finally, we'll get down to our respective top five albums released in 2020. And that's just the first part of this long ass fucking episode. So ready, set, yep. let's fucking go. <laughs> Peter, let's begin with your honorable mentions. Who you got? Okay. So I'm just going to like do quick mentions of them also because I feel they deserve it. Ah. Uh, first up is a Toronto band called Respire. They released an album, Black Line. And the band described themselves as post-everything. And when you listen to them, it kind of makes sense. Now, the reason why this isn't an honorable mention is this album only released a couple of weeks ago and I have not had as much time as I'd like with it. 
but if i did i'm pretty sure it would be much higher in the list so okay that's there another uh, canadian metal band to check out yeah uh, of course these guys i think if i don't have them on my list everyone would be shocked uh, takatak acrophase i was wondering it. whether that would come <laughs> into your honorable mentions or in your top 5 trust me this has been a, one of the toughest lists uh, i've made at least this year huh. and uh, i'm so glad these guys released the album i mean in the media roundup i was like guys release the album <laughs> i've been listening to it for a year now almost yeah we, it's been almost a year since we had them on the podcast yeah, right? yeah yeah so i've had the album since then and to me this is easily the best album i've heard from the indian subcontinent this year and keshadar has actually knocked it out of the park i mean by far his best production work Okay, so, and the boys have a new single coming out soon, right? Yeah, something to look forward to early next year. So maybe Jan, most probably. Now, now is where it really gets tough. Cloud Kicker Solitude. Oh, okay. This was again a highlight for me of this year. I mean, yeah, Cloud Kicker suddenly turned heavier again. Totally what I needed in there. Uh, and yeah i'm just going to say thank you ben sharp for releasing this album this year we yeah. really needed it and ben sharp if you're listening please let's like find time yeah. i know you're busy but yeah <laughs> so next up is uh, creative waste condemned again fucking awesome yeah. uh, grindcore from saudi arabia yeah I that mean, was all, that was that was a brilliant album yeah i mean it's it was in works for years and i think 2020 they just were like fuck it let's do it so i'm very very glad uh they released the album okay i know you're going to look at me cuz this gets really tough okay swalbard when i die will i get better okay i mean those of you who heard the episode if you haven't please go back and listen to it our chat with uh-huh. serena was really great uh-huh seamless meld of you know hardcore and black metal This album really took me through an entire journey and that's what I really loved about this album. Okay. The lyrics and the topics it covers, I mean, this is like hard hitting stuff and I guess that's where I didn't listen to it that much because it was like in your face and too real at times. Okay. Uh in there. Uh All I'm going to say at this moment is yeah, fuck, I'll I'll have to talk about this later. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying anything more. It gets tougher, Adamesh. Okay. Alcerate stare into death and be still. Okay. This is Wow, that's not on your top 5? Trust me. <laughs> so, this is extreme metal with like a menacing atmosphere for those who haven't Yeah, this, this was like the soundtrack to the pandemic just hitting yeah. all of us, right? I mean, I I I've put it as I don't think any other album has captured better the sound of the shit show that this year has been. And <laughs> trust me, it it was Now I'm going to waiting for your reaction to this. Uh-uh. Necrot Mortal. Oh fuck, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I so, actually have it in my honorable mentions too. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so we can riff on this for a second. But man, th- this basically took all my favorite elements of death metal yeah. and put it in an album. You know, the low growls, the crunchy guitar riffs which just are in there. Man, and that song asleep forever uh-huh. i can listen to that on repeat like yeah. that just one song yeah. itself and so s- since you brought it up i might as well just plug in uh, my bit for it i had it on my honorable mentions too and to me it's the death metal album of the year yeah. it, for me unfortunately it is one of my death metal albums of okay, the year but cool. what a fucking release man and is is that it 
That's it. That's <laughs> Trust it. me. That's it. It was it. hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from on this, right? Because, um, yeah, so much of music to listen to. But here's the thing. Before I get into my uh, H&Ms, <laughs> you see what I did there? That was a bad fucking joke. Uh, what's weird is that though I heard a lot more music, it was pretty easy for me to pick out the top 10. Of course, like, you know, um, we'd done half of the work when we'd recorded our music on our mind episode in July, where we chronicled the best new music from 2020 that we'd heard till then. Uh, we need a better name for that episode. <laughs> 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 but yeah, choosing the top 10 was pretty easy. But yeah, listening and listing out the top five from that, that was tougher. And after a lot of agonizing thought, I've decided that my H&Ms are uh, the records that did not make it to my top five, right? Um, and I'm standing by that opinion. So while all my H&Ms are super excellent albums, I'll also take the bait and tell you why they didn't quite make the top five. Um, you've already mentioned Necrot's Mortal and I've already said that. So yeah, it is the death metal album of the year for me because I love the heavy riffage. I absolutely smashingly love the production itself. This is how studio quality death metal should sound in today's day and age. I'll yeah, I, yeah, th that's it. Uh, so the other H&Ms from my list, let me start off with uh, Butcher's 666 Goats Carry My Chariot, which released on Osmos Productions. Uh, listeners would know and you know of my love for traditional heavy metal. Right. After all, I did pick Afterburner by Cryptos as my album of the year for <laughs> yeah. 2019. And... This year, because of all the time that we had, I've spent a lot of ear space on that genre. I mean, uh, one of my most watched uh, YouTube channels is this lovely channel called NWOBHTM yeah. um, Albums, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And the guy like releases or uploads like one new album almost every day in this genre. And it's fantastic. There's some fucking awesome music coming out. But uh 666 goats carry my chariot is an album that i discovered just recently even though it's been out since january 2020 and i must say this was the best iteration of traditional heavy metal because it's balls out speed with a guitar attack that encourages you to you know just keep driving with your foot flattening the accelerator pedal and that's something we haven't really done a lot of in 2020. next up is a fucking fabulous album by girish and the chronicles Oh, it's <laughs> called Rock the Highway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can we can debate whether it's metal or not. But oh to yeah, me it's, to me it's metal. <laughs> so th that was why. <laughs> I mean, I saved some space for that. <laughs> but okay, go yeah, ahead. yeah. So <laughs> this is like you know released on Lion's Pride Music. If you haven't heard our interview with Girish, please do so. He's probably the hottest act uh, from India in the global metal world this year, right? The album itself is fucking killer. Um, I still think it sounds leagues better and truer, if truer can be applied to glam metal, right? Than Girish's other band with Chris Adler on drums, right? Firstborn, whatever. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing, right? It's it's with 13 songs, it's over an hour long and Rock the Highway can get just a bit too long to keep spinning it end to end, which is why like, you know, it's an honorable mention. Um, I'm going to save my thoughts on that album. <laughs> cool. Sure. We'll, we will discuss it. Um, moving on to finish Funeral Doom with uh, 
Convocations Ashes Coalesce. Uh, released in July, this was an album that enveloped me in its bleak and dark blanket. But once I was in the blanket, it ended up giving me warmth and inspiration and hope. So that's something that all of us could use a lot of in 2020. And finally in my H&Ms is Ohms by Deftones. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be honest, like we discussed this a lot. It uh, failed to excite me on first listen. I thought it lacked the characteristic warmth of a Deftones album. And I still think that it's not their best album by a long shot. Um, and that's because I finally realized that the songs just don't seem to gel together as an album. I feel that Ohms itself is better heard as a collection of singles rather than an album because the songs themselves heard in isolation from one another absolutely slay. Like, I don't know, out of all of them, six or seven, the riffs, the ideas, the way the song structures uh, have been placed, etc. They are fucking earworms, but it's not an album album. It's like, hey, we are the Deftones and we made these many new songs and here's an album that just yeah. chronicles all these songs together. So yeah. Yeah, that's it. So these I think, were my I think, five. I, I think you're good. You've given me a new way to listen to that album now. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> or I the mean, singles exactly it. because it's very weird. That's one of the albums in which I broke my rule of listening to an album, and I keep listening to the singles. So yeah, those were our honorable mentions, and some of those names honestly are on like top pick lists by list makers across the world. I, I purposely didn't read most of the list just not to be swayed. But coming to the non-metal picks. Okay, so I'm going to go first because <laughs> you mentioned Girish and the Chronicles. I mean, the reason I why I didn't have it as like metal because I still find it like that, you know, 80s rock sound. And yeah, uh, but hey, man, if, if yeah. GNR is metal, then this is metal. Fair, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I use the time <laughs> to I give it a space somewhere else. Mm. But uh, for me, what was really cool was that, you know, as you go through, you mentioned, right, it's a long album. Towards the latter part of the album, you have like these longer progressive songs. Yeah. Like Identity Crisis and all. Yeah. And if you heard our interview with Girish, he kind of talks about that and there's sound and exploring that sound. So I really wonder if that's like what their future material is going to be like. I'd definitely sign I up I fucking that, hope man. so, man. I'm like fully pumped for GATC. Uh, honestly, Girish, what a fucking voice. But yeah, dude. Dude, like, I don't know. I don't know what's holding you back in Firstborn, man. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because it's not Girish's Firstborn. <laughs> So next up then is someone you shouldn't be surprised uh, that's on my list, but and of course non, not as I put it, not uh. really metal. Uh, Pliny, ah, I mean, okay, impulsive yeah, voices. Yeah, yeah. Now the strange part is this guitar prodigy from Down Under who we happen to meet and talk to. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is his darkest release, and I've been following his career for a while, huh. and. It's such a huge step ahead of what he's released so far with the EPs and all of that. Yeah. And a special mention to the track Pan, which has a saxophone in it, but is completely unlike anything I've heard. And like just the way it is, to me, it seemed like not a metal album, but I, I totally loved it, man. Okay, cool. Uh, next up is, uh, again, I think these have been... Uh, familiar listens for me and they are from the subcontinent so uh the earth below nothing works volume two hymns 
for useless gods yep solo yep. project with deepak raghu yeah. from shepherd for me this was my soundtrack during my dark times of you know melancholy of sorts uh. and for those of you who've been following him uh, this is like he's gone ahead from his singer songwriter days bolder sound bigger sound so i really enjoyed this album uh, this is going to come as a bit of surprise to you uh, the band called bayan from pakistan they are they released an album called suno and this took me back to like you know the time in the mid 2000s you had these pop rock bands uh, popping all over yeah. from pakistan these guys are exactly that like they yeah. taken that sound now the catchiness all of that so kind of like so are they more strings or are they more jal jal okay Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And and finally th- this is the second time this guitarist is getting mentioned at least. So this is the other band of Zen Pirzada from Takatak is Karakoram. They put an EP called Ibtida. And again this is so different from like anything else and huh. th- this is reminding me of the time where you know in the mid 2000s I'm coming back where we were like how does pakistan release so much better rock music than india yeah. because you don't have all of this and this is yeah, been done yeah, in urdu yeah. right uh but this is a band definitely to check out i know they're working on their album uh so yeah keep an eye out for them i think they're going to be fuck peter you're like you're like you should be our ambassador to pakistan huh? <laughs> something like that <laughs> and i'm going to leave it there <laughs> <laughs> okay cool cool so on my non metal list i'll uh, i've got five albums uh i'll begin with uh, hamilton <laughs> an american musical by lin manuel miranda yeah you can fucking contest and say that the album's been out since 2015 but the movie was only released in 2020 and that's how i got to know of it a uh, huge shout out to karen thank you for introducing me to it even though i sulked my way through the very first watch but man those fucking songs are fucking awesome man <laughs> awesome <laughs> next uh is an album that i discovered recently again it's by this band called dool 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 yeah it's uh, you remember the devil's blood <laughs> yeah so the the uh they split up or something and now the female lead singer this is her new band they put out a fucking amazing album called summerland it's like perfect perfect like honestly if this was metal it might have been album of the year okay. really good stuff uh next is an album which again i don't know we can probably debate if it's metal or not but uh ascension of the watchers oh yeah apocrypha <laughs> right featuring burton seabell again fucking awesome music yeah. i'm not a i'm not a fear factory fan Uh this was the first album I burden Seabell that I've actually heard in entirety and yes it was in preparation for our interview with him but I honestly I think like after that is when I started listening to Fear Factory and I remember telling you that holy shit why does he have this very <laughs> weird voice yeah. in Fear Factory it doesn't suit him at all yeah. whatever next on my non metal list album is I think that's the only reason why I made up a non-metal list <laughs> this year. You know the album I'm talking about. It's fucking Poppies. I disappear. <laughs> but wait, it's nominated for a Grammy under the metal category. <laughs> yeah, but this is not the Grammys. This is fucking Horns Up. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pop. Yeah, 
as much as i wanted to be metal and as much as i advocate for like stupid shit in metal and by stupid i mean like you know out out there stuff stuff like baby metal etc um poppy is in metal we everybody knows it right she is in metal she's taken that metal sound and done some fabulous things to it and i truly hope like you know like how probably linkin park turned a lot of kids into metal heads yeah. maybe poppy will end up doing the same for a lot more people and yeah she's fucking awesome this is a fucking awesome record and obviously yeah like full on uh what do you say uh patting my own back and patting our own backs my non metal like release of the year has to be the right peddler strength and oh yeah what a <laughs> fucking awesome ep man <laughs> thank you for releasing that finally exactly <laughs> right it, it's 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 been almost a year go check it out we'll be celebrating the one year anniversary of it on 26 jan next year yeah we'll probably finally have a merch out by then too for everyone to like buy whatever yeah we are <laughs> we are lazy like that but yeah that's a fucking awesome ep everyone should hear it awesome awesome <laughs> wow okay so now that we've got all that kind of <laughs> all those bands listed out and all those things like put away on the side are you ready to do this peter are you ready to like i've, I've rolled up my sleeves you've rolled up your sleeves yeah yeah so have i so what uh we are doing rank list right yep awesome so we'll both begin with number 5s Yeah, you want to go first should I? Let's do it together. Come on. Let's do it together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, chalo. On the count of 3 and number 5s. Okay. 1 2 3. Elephant, Elephant tree. tree habits. Oh Holy God. fuck. <laughs> <Okay>. This is <laughs> awesome. Wow. We, we, we actually yeah, hyped each other. Yeah, now. no 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 and and yeah, <laughs> please guys. This hasn't been scripted. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. This hasn't been scripted and I think you guys can feel that because honestly we wouldn't have had that holy fuck kind of a reaction. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm super thrilled. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think this album is exactly what I was talking about at the start of the year. And because I know you're going to go so much more in detail, I'm just going to take everyone to the moment where I heard the album. I mean, for me it's, you know, those meditative riffs, the doomy vocals. Huh. So, I would basically every evening during the initial part of the lockdown take a walk and huh. I'd be listening to that album. and it just like take me into that trance where i'm just walking and this is like desolate areas where there's nobody yeah, yeah. at all not a person on the street yeah and th- i think i've listened to this album the most this year yeah hands down fucking awesome yeah habits so like just to give you a couple of factoids habits is the third album by english band elephant tree and to all those who say it's not metal well fuck you yeah <laughs> Dude, this is like proper doomy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's sludgy, it's psychedelic, it's droney, it's lush, it's fucking heavy, man. And yes, like it did for you. It's kept me company for a long long time in 2022. Uh we had the pleasure of talking to founding member Jack Townsley and that chat itself made me appreciate this album a lot more because it features some fantastic emotional songs and you know, all those songs just truly really resonated and made me feel better about what was happening in the world. Yeah man I mean like especially that opening track sales the yeah. first track on there after that lovely intro of yeah, course yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean you just listen to that and you're like wow like it just oh. takes you into a complete separate space so awesome yeah let's okay. see if we manage to keep this up right okay. but we won't because yeah it's animation peter <laughs> yeah it's animation peter and yeah <laughs> okay yeah. let's do so it so it's let's number 4 yeah let's do coming up on number 4 3 2 1 so all bad when i die will it will uh, i get better 
I knew uh, this was coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't talk about it too much. <laughs> oh, Chetta by Chapang. Now yeah. that's a fucking out there release too. Dude, I mean, I, I I'm gonna go first yeah, on this. Yeah, yeah. Please, I mean, go ahead. The first time I heard this album, and of course, uh, this, in a way, I must. put full disclosure shitij mohan is a good friend of mine uh-huh. and he'd been like sending me clips and all of that so i knew that they're going to do something crazy but like the first time i heard the entire album i was like what the fuck is this i mean like each yeah, time it's outrageous yeah man. it's outrageous i mean each time i listen to the album also i'll find a new part and i'll be like okay what is this and the reason why it's also in my top 5 is this is an album that has completely pushed the limits of grindcore like yeah yeah this is like yeah completely th- this yeah, is what i, I feel it. grindcore in 2020 should be like this is there and man i'm going to end it by just saying this album is chetta <laughs> yeah this album yeah that album was chetta definitely so swalbards when i die will i get better yes i kind of took the like whatever you guys knew that this would be coming up in my top 5 because of what we discussed earlier in the show right um again it's an album which you guys can probably like the naysayers will probably say it's not metal but i'll fucking defend this one and I'll tell you that it is this was an album that really wore its emotions on its sleeve uh it again it made me feel and that's a thought that i'll park for a later comment um when i die will i get better is the band at its best I think the sound has evolved. It's more polished. It's more precise. It's just plain fucking awesome. There's a lot to wrap your head around. Plenty of choruses to get your body moshing. Uh, to get your body moshing, which we've all done individually in our own homes. And special shout out to that one fucking song, man. Clickbait is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that chorus. Oh fuck. <laughs> Dude, I think I think that 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 way we can make our own like mixtape of like songs that got us through 2020. Yeah, I think <laughs> we should. Yeah, and this is one Why of those not? tracks. Yeah, 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 this is definitely one of those tracks. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that was number four. Okay. Let's move on to number three. At the count of three, once again. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. The Spirit ocean. Spirit and drift. Oh. Enlightened <laughs> in eternity. <laughs> the okay. ocean. Yeah, man. Phanerozoic. I'm not. I'm g- not going <laughs> to say it. You say it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What 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 was it about this Ocean album that really that that made it worthy of your top three? Man, I've just put it as simply this is a post metal masterpiece. I mean, the way it just so seamlessly fits A with the first part, huh. but at the same time, I'm going to come back to what I said about uh, Elephant Tree, man. I mean. this album kind of takes you on a complete journey and in a year like the we've had one thing i really appreciate about metal bands keeping it real and you uh, know the whole thing uh. sometimes you just want that you know thing to just go away take you to a different pace kind of thing and that's what this album did i mean you just listen to it you're transformed into a complete different uh, area zone out whatever you may want to call it trip and that's what this album did to me and man that massive massive sound i mean yeah anyone it who fucking has sounds it, anyone lovely. who's heard this yeah. album on like cheap earphones and speakers you yeah you're not, not doing it justice. justice yeah like i i'm like i wish i had like one of those 5.1 surround system like you listen to that and you're like wow immersed in yeah that. if it like 
you're 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 very right. Like if this album was had like an Dolby Atmos kind of a release, you can you can just book out a theater yeah, yeah. and just listen to it. Dude, and the thing is, right? Is these are one of those few metal releases that. In a way, you can kind of visualize too. Right? Of course, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. of course, the band has put out like some great videos to it and all. But if you keep that aside, just like you're taken to a completely different space where you're like, wow. And this is fucking like the thing is, it meets everything, right? I mean, I know I called it post metal, right? But dude, this is like falls out, and of course. With that, when you see the band live, like I'm so excited to see like what kind of stuff they do live with this album, because it's pure fucking energy, man. We can hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still maintain though on the on 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 Phanerozoic two, I still think, and maybe this is because I'm a late Ocean uh, listener, as such, I still prefer the instrumental version to the one with the vocals. But that's the beauty of the album, right? You yeah, it it, is. You, can, you can appreciate both. Yeah, and I love the fact that they put out yeah. a separate instrumental version. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I mentioned Spirit Adrift. I have to know right now, like... I'm not going to say anything. You're not going to say anything. Okay, so that kind of answers my question, yeah. right? <laughs> I must thank Peter for this pick because it's a band that he, like, drools over. He, like, loves them to the co- very core. And I think I finally understood a smudging of that love this year. Spirit Adrifts, Enlightened in Eternity, released on Century Media. It's the feel-good metal album of the year. Yeah. Right? Hands down. No other album made me feel as positive and upbeat as this one did. Um, yes, whatever. It's a step aside from their previous releases. But here's the thing, right? I really love this album. And maybe so I'm guessing it's a step in the right direction. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. Uh, right into the light and reunited in the void. They're fucking excellent tunes uh, that begin and end a fucking excellent album. I'm not going to say anything more because I know you'll talk about it. <laughs> I just have a feeling. <laughs> <Let's> so <laughs> so yeah, go. those those were our number threes coming into our top twos again at the count of three. Yeah, cool. Okay, so one, two, three. Temple Defeated of Void. Okay, go ahead. Defeated Sanity, the sanguine, Sanguinary Impetus. I mean, this is two things that don't actually match. And that's why this album is so high up. And uh-huh. as I said, it was one of uh-huh. the metal albums of the year for me. It's a strange mix of technical and brutal death metal. Okay. And one of the things that, you know, Defeated Sanity did uh, a few years ago is they did a split album of sorts, yeah. which is Disposal of Death and Dharmatma, which are like two separate sounds. They just married that entire <laughs> thing. And, you know, the thing about yeah, it is, it just works, yeah. right? Uh, I'll be honest, clicks. it was, yeah. And it, it clicked for you, it didn't click for me. I found it fucking weird, man. No, and that, <laughs> like, I want my metal to be weird in a way, right? And this completely does. And it just, you know, one of the things is, if you don't like it and you're listening to it, it just pummels you into like submission of sorts for me. Yeah, yeah. For me, this was an all A's album. Like if we ever did this yeah. later, I mean, I was just like, what the hell? Maybe and I need to listen to it a lot, like yeah. in a different frame of mind yeah. or whatever. But I'm, I'm just telling you, like when I when I heard it, I was just like, initially I was like, holy shit, they actually did it. Like I can't believe they actually <laughs> fucking did it. <laughs> okay. No, it takes a it takes a lot. So remember when we were talking about Necrot's mortal, yeah. right? That's that and so 
I think that's th- that's the difference, right? Um, Mortal, while it's a fucking great album, it's still a uh, expected death metal album. Yeah. This one, Defeated Sanity, it's it's not your traditional death metal yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 like th- this is the same thing like how I felt with uh, Chipang's Chatter, right? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. what the hell are these guys doing? And they're just like. One thing I feel about Defeated Sanity as a band, right, is they're always pushing that envelope and doing something ahead. So I'm sure like for the next three years, you'll hear bands try to do this and fail because (laughs) there's only one Defeated Sanity. Okay, so talking about the world that was again. uh, Yes, why again? Because I fucking talked so much about it this year. Uh, It was part of my Music on a Mind episode uh, list as well. And just like I described them there, I still use the same words, which is that this band is the best definition of death doom today. It's a banger of an album that was released on Shadow Kingdom Records. Uh, Six songs, 38 minutes, nice, compact, but what a fucking pure bliss of 38 minutes. They made me feel oh so good about myself. And yes, feel, there's that word again. Uh, Here's the special thing. It's rare for an album to make you check out a band's discography. I don't know like how many of the albums that we really enjoy actually made us make us do that. Um, but this one did. And then it's rarer for an album to be your gateway to a band's discography, which you really end up enjoying. Obviously, there are entry point albums for every band, right? Weirdly enough, this is not an entry point kind of an album from no. Temple Avoid, but I love how they've evolved into making this. And full power to them so since we spoke to temple avoid on the podcast they've landed a deal with relapse which means album number four is certainly going to be bigger i just hope it's better and and it's going to be next year so hey we're going to call, call them up again for definitely yeah but the better thing that's going to be a real challenge i really don't see how they're going to top the world that was but yeah expectations definitely set way much higher I think I know what your number one album is. You kind of gave it away, right? So you go. (laughs) Right? So let's hear that one out first. Tell me why Spirit Adrifts, Enlightened in Eternity, Peter, is your number one album of 2020. No surprise. (laughs) And to my surprise, I mean, second year in a row, it's Spirit Adrift. I mean, last year I had my reasons for it. And this year it's for completely the opposite reasons. I mean, this album was the one album, just like you said, that to an honest to be honest just gave me hope i mean yeah, as i definitely see as that yeah dark as the last album was last year and it was my thing to go through and i think i heard the album so many times but this album kind of was my pick me up of sorts and kind of told me that hey you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and Come on, man. When you hear that opening track, if it doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know yeah, what Yeah, fuck. To. That's a like fucking... You, that's, you're cold-blooded or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I still remember the first time hearing the album before sending it to you and I was like, oh boy, what have they done? Like, they've completely changed their sound. And I'm so glad they have, man. Because like... Yeah, right? Hey, this is, this is what, honestly, we needed. And, you know, if you're listening to this, man, Nate, thank you so much for releasing this album this year. This is honestly what, if nobody else needed, I needed this year. <laughs> so that's why it's my number one pick for this year. <laughs> okay, you want to take a guess at what my number one album of the year is? Oh man. <laughs> It'll stump you. Like I would have said Deftones, but you already talked about Deftones. I'm joking. Uh, 
take a wild guess. I'm sure like half the like half the metal janta. I'll give you a clue. Half the metal janta isn't going to like agree with this pick. I don't know, man. Now you're like making it even more complex. <laughs> Tough for me. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, if you've been paying close attention to the podcast, you know this album, and you know of my love for it. It's long distance callings. How do ah. we want to live? Okay, no, that didn't surprise me that much. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, but it's obviously going to get a lot of get me a lot of flack from true metalheads. But like, like author and writer Daniel Lake says, "Fuck them." <laughs> <laughs> it's the record, honestly, which I've I've spent the most amount of time with this year. It's not even funny how much I've spun this while I've been defetching. That's not just working, but doing everything from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do we want to live was released on Inside Out Music and it's an album that tells very weirdly a great story of humanity especially in the context of the weird as fucking times that we are living in um it's by sheer coincidence that it has a song called Immunity in it uh but yeah jokes apart to put it very simply it's my album of the year because it made me feel enthused it made me feel excited intelligent and honestly it made me feel productive and i hope that's something everyone can resonate with <laughs> i'm not uh, yeah. yeah yeah it is my fucking album of the year for yeah. purely personal reasons of like course. how you have spirited yeah. drift done wow 10 albums out of which we ended up this we ended up having quite a lot of common ones this yeah, year yeah surprisingly right? yeah. surprisingly and then the, especially the number 5 one was fucking <laughs> lovely but you know i i, I quickly want to I quickly want to dissect both your top 5s and honorable mentions and mines. You know what's the biggest trend that I've seen this year Peter? I would like to begin by first saying it's fucking fantastic that we have horns up. Yeah. And as I've done in the past, Peter, I must really thank you for doing this with me. Uh it's honestly made me appreciate and fall back in love with music and it's given us a space to chronicle what we love. True. And Here's the surprising bit, right? If you were to analyze your picks and analyze my picks, you'd notice that almost all our top fives and almost all our honorable mentions are artists that we've spoken to on the podcast or that we featured. Of course, and I don't think it'll be any different in the next year or two years or three years. Right? Yeah, because dear listeners, and I have to tell you this, and this may sound like a plug, but what I would deal with it. Horns up is at the end of the day just two heavy metal fans one podcast. It's by us, it's for us and if you're listening well horns up to you too. Yeah. Much respect to all of you, but to you Peter, much love. Yeah, Yay. thanks man. I mean <laughs> like that that's the thing. I mean for me also it's one thing I really love about metal music is it's not you know something you just appreciate at a superficial level exactly. like you want to fucking get, dissect it yeah you want to get to the you know about sections it. yeah yeah and horns up has given me a platform in the last couple of years uh, to kind of now get a chance to talk to these musicians scratch their brain go way beyond that yeah and at sometimes it's also great when they you hear from them that hey because most of these guys just for those of you who just for the listeners right i mean sometimes these guys are doing like 8 10 interviews in a day and we're one of them but when they stop and say hey really nice questions or i really enjoyed that interview i give yeah. myself a pat on the back yeah right? yeah we do because yeah to be honest like fuck whatever 
I think it's enough. Uh, we don't need to like yeah, chat I about ourselves uh, <laughs> anymore. But here's the other thing, right? The other big trend that I noticed while doing this exercise, and this is coming from me personally, was that there is one word that really tied all my top fives together, and that word is feel. Um, in this day and age, when we are surrounded by so much media, right, and how easy all of it is to access. And given the year and all the extra time we've had in our hands to explore all of this media, it's very rare to find something that truly makes you sit back and just feel, yeah. right, to connect. And that's why I think doing this exercise of the top tens or the honorable mentions was so much easier for me because it honestly was just a handful of records that did that. And I just had to hear my heart and as cheesy as that sounds, but I found all the answer was answers I was looking for in an instant. Yeah. For I me, don't know if that if that was the same so case so for you. For me, making the longer list was easy. Cutting longer list was fucking getting easy. Getting down to those yeah. five were like, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. C- cutting down to the top five was, and, and here's was the, the thing, tough right? part. Is if we have the same discussion in like mid-Jan, it probably might <laughs> shift in order, at least in Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no, know. No, but this is the weird thing, right? Like, our top albums, I don't think they're going to change. Top five, I don't think. Yeah. 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 Like, or even the number one, I don't think that's going to change. I think I'm going to be listening to Spirit Adrift till uh, they put out the new album. <laughs> so am I. Fucking love that album. Yeah. I still yeah. fucking listen to Cryptos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even I do, dude. Yeah, and <laughs> Long Distance Calling. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Okay, cool. So, we've already spoken for a long, long, long time now, but we're hardly done on the podcast. Um, We are going to go home. We are going to log back into... Thank you, Starbucks. We are going to go home. We are going to log back into Zoom because joining us in a bit is a friend of the podcast, Deepak Gobalakrishnan, a.k.a. Chuck. And well, Chuck's on because he's one of the few people we know who's really spent a lot of time watching live streams. Yeah. That's the other big trend for 2020, right? Yeah. And I think, let's just cut it short here because I think we're going to go on a long chat that. Yeah, that's a discussion that's coming up right after this. And now back in our respective homes and doing this the way 2020 intended. Over Zoom. <laughs> and also, interestingly enough, how most of us probably attended half our gigs, right, this year? Or more than half of our gigs. I didn't attend a single gig over Zoom. Really? Yeah. Some other platform? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of okay. course. Yeah. So, yeah. Whose voice was that? Whose voice was that? Are you wondering? Are you wondering? That voice, ladies and gentlemen, was the voice of Deepak Gopalakrishnan, a.k.a. friend of the podcast, Chuck. Hello. Hey, man, Chuck, thanks for joining us again this year. My absolute pleasure. And this time, I, all I had to do was switch on webcam. I didn't need to come down. To that see. sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, but an honor to do this, really. Anyways, Chuck, uh, season's greetings to you, to your family. You Welcome back to Horns Up. How has the lockdown been for you, my friend? You know, it's actually been strangely good to me. I feel kind of bad saying that uh, because clearly things aren't right uh, for a lot of people and for a lot of 
you know large part of society and stuff but for me it's been good i've been getting a lot of freelance projects i've started my own course which i've been teaching uh i've been enjoying like all the gigs and other forms of online entertainment again something that sounds wrong uh <laughs> that have been coming my way and uh, you know just generally as somebody who likes observing you know uh how the internet is changing society something that i've been like doing for a long time like this year has been you know fascinating and again as wrong as this as wrong as this seems to say it seems to be um 2020 in many ways is to me i guess what 1967 was to a lot of music fans so it's kind of like weird in that sense uh i guess yeah that's chuck for you bring <laughs> your references or the popular references depending on how clued in you are uh what you just said became a reason for us to call you back as such and uh, to chat with you because you're one of the few people who immediately pivoted and pivoted extremely well to the online pure online world and the world of defhing which i that's a acronym i introduced peter to today morning it's doing everything from home instead of just working from home right and one of the cool things you did was that very early on in the lockdown you took stock of this leap to live streams and you kind of made yourself the the curator of all live streams for uh, rock and metal right um just talk us through that what prompted you to just put everything together was it just because you wanted to kind of build a library or was it something that you thought that hey maybe i can go viral with this <laughs> animesh uh, hey, uh, anything for an other excel file is generally how i'd like to think of these things uh, but no it wasn't uh, no so it definitely wasn't about uh, going viral and stuff like that also i think you might have overstated my, what i did you make it sound like i've created like some like i've actually like i know the guys who built the uh the chennai floods database the helpline database i know those guys and here you're making it seem like i'm one of the pioneers of indian internet or something so basically everyone who doesn't know what animesh is talking about uh, uh a couple of friends and i we just made an excel sheet uh, just compiling all the virtual gigs that were happening around the world because there were so many that were happening they were all scattered some were paid some were free some were on instagram live some were on you know dedicated platform it was a weird kind of transition period where people didn't know whether this is going to be the future or just the next couple of days and weeks uh some were festivals some were stand alone so some were indian some were international obviously um but i basically thought of it as a good way for people for me and people to possibly discover uh, lots of music from international artists man that's that's pretty much about it you you know uh, typically the only time you get to you know go outside your genre comfort zone is maybe something like a weekender for instance where i've discovered a lot of say electronic and folk acts i you know i would have gone to a standalone gig or a folk festival or something like that typically right uh so yeah i guess this uh, was one of those i you know i just i just thought it could be one of those things where and i've definitely seen a lot of bands that i haven't uh seen uh, uh sorry heard before or even would have had the opportunity to see live before like insomnium was one of those for instance i know i know they're a big band should have heard of them but then that's the thing right uh uh they the chances are they won't come down to india so i won't do my homework to check them out uh 
and but now they're like seven dollars away i'm like yeah sure man like might as well just tune in and see right uh so that way uh got to find a few and that early excel sheet that you were talking about yeah i mean uh we just we or it was complete selfishness man we just wanted a place where we could track uh, keep track of gigs ourselves and see which ones we were going to the thing is we stopped doing it because uh, after a while that initial into honestly wore off we were almost selective in terms of what we were going for because now also gigs are charged right it's not like 7 8 now the standard rate is 15 dollars even for a band that you know might just be up and coming all the way up to 25 dollars and more for a band like tucifer um and suddenly like what used to be a 1500 buck indulgence before now it's like hey holy shit this stuff is adding up man like take five gigs a year and that's like wow there's a lot of money so uh and uh there were a lot of other people with more credibility doing it um that is this loud wire for instance uh and yeah i guess it a combination of all these things i uh we knew at some point at least i knew at some point yeah i mean this could be a thing right what if we actually make like the world's first virtual concert review site you know all these thoughts have crossed my mind uh i'm like no man this is too much effort too lazy uh <laughs> i always look at it with a filter of will uh, peter come to this site it's <laughs> <laughs> a point like he will yeah but but he'll do out of friendship you know then you start you know in your head you start a little bit okay peter peter will come this guy will come this guy oh, how about this guy no it then then you know okay he's going to reach only so well screw it man you know i'm glad you brought up this point earlier up i mean i think for me at least this is going to be a recurring theme uh, for the rest of this episode but i feel that you know that initial uh void that everyone felt about attending live gigs everyone kind of rushed doing whether it was the artist whether it was the audience everyone was online and then i think both of you would also have noticed that somewhere in the middle at least for a, us here in india because our lockdown went much longer but by the time it was like august september fatigue set in right yeah. i mean at some point uh, i know at least anumesh is not on instagram but uh chuck i'm sure you noticed at any given point uh if you went on instagram there were like three or four accounts yeah. always live yeah how much are you going to check out and at the end of the day especially when it comes to like our indian artists right how many times are you going to catch the same artist i mean it's like <laughs> it it it's a case of like do you want to watch zero more than once a year yeah <laughs> yeah and also it it was the same kind of music like um that whole uh, turning your webcam on again we need to find a better phrase for that let's so let's just say going online instead of doing all these metaphors so you know this going online training uh, uh, and uh, uh, as in like training the screen on yourself and doing the whole acoustic guitar thing it gets monotonous after a while you know uh, you need that like an entire band setup or even the i don't know like electronic sounds landscape setup or whatever like uh uh it's it started to get monotonous i guess uh, after a while uh, and it still is to some extent like there are lots of flaws i can see the reason why uh, people might not want to give live streams a second shot for instance because a lot of them to be fair especially the earlier ones were just a band awkwardly performing into a camera that's pretty much it like the music was great and like the early insomnium gigs were like that the band would nail the song obviously and arguably better sound than we would ever have had at a gig but then after the songs over 
and then suddenly like and in their awkward accents they would be like uh, usually we have a crowd that's screaming to us at right this time but right now we're just hoping that there are people out there who are actually enjoying the music that we do and i'm like oh man you just demetaled yourself like wow <laughs> you like shifted stages at weekend through that statement and uh, you know uh, i think it was just that i think it was just uh, and also how many of these will you attend right um, a combination of cost too many of them happening not much differentiation as marketers would say uh yeah it, it, the whole thing felt like a stopgap you know it just felt like okay we're just doing this temporarily and it wasn't helped by the fact i think there are the many many gigs uh were actually pre-recorded which i think killed the thing i think it killed trust in the system if i may uh you know there there was a certain sense of like oh this is a pre-recorded thing like why did they sell it as a live thing and just say it's a pre it, because it's not like concerts haven't come out right metallica's between doing metallica mondays they've been releasing a video and uh, a tour set from their archives every but they never said like we're going live you know that uh like weekender i think a lot of people i think that's the first time i saw it happening at scale because till then it was just like us 30 metal guys who really care about this shit but then you know when you say oh luckily it's not performing live oh oh the, the, the wait is that is goa in a different time zone because the sky is black where we are and is blue where he is I could sense that people were like, "Yeah, if it's just going to be videos, I don't want to do this again." Like people hacked, uh, not hacked. Uh, they found the Vimeo link and they started sharing that from the embed. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's things like that. But I think all these things really add onto the thing. And even I will say, like, I know you somehow seem to think that I'm this, you know, huge uh, proponent, scary packer or something like that. Of uh, you know, what a reference! I never expected the word scary packer to ever come on. <laughs> <laughs> no but the thing is even i felt it man even i'm like do i want to see another even if it's a big band like even if it's genuinely a big band uh do i want to see uh you know the them do the same thing again like if leprous were to play tomorrow i don't think i would because i've seen them twice they're not going to change anything up no there's not there's not going to be anything special about it i think the difference will come in when uh you know uh, there is some audience the thing interaction happening audience artist interaction happening like i think the best gig of the year like uh, i don't know I, i still don't know whether i'd call it my favorite or you know it would be ranked musically the best but metallica's acoustic live performance was great just because it felt like what a live stream could be because there were interactions with fans around the world there were like uh, you know of pictures of fans everywhere uh just streamed in james would like hey you look interesting let's talk to you and suddenly you're like fuck metallica's looking into my bedroom many many ways that felt a lot more intimate than a physical gig uh strangely enough uh because you could talk to people one on one and stuff it was beautiful to watch people just, like I, i remember for me one of the coolest parts was uh you know they, they typically talk to one or two people between songs or between sets of songs uh at one point uh, I, i they spoken to two and uh, i think lars or something said all right let's get back to playing now and robert stopped him and said no let's talk to one more guy and i remember both me and my wife we were watching that we like yes we had the little moment of it's okay we the, we can wait for the music to happen but we want to see more of this fan interaction happening that's really where the magic comes in so now if they would do the same gig again i would probably watch it because you know those are the moments i guess that kind of make it unique when it's uh, when it's pre-recorded you get the sense of yeah this is going to work out exactly like how they planned it there's no like 
goof up that can happen there's no you know stuff like that uh, and i guess in many ways the that's the magic of live gigs whether it's li- physical live or virtual live versus say just buying a dvd you know? yeah right peter yeah yeah so you know what uh, earlier i was telling anumesh that only like i didn't realize that the guys who paid a little extra were up on the screen and i was like dude i would totally pay right that is like what we would say paisa vasool i mean it, it's very rare that if it was an actual gig you'd have to pay like at least in excess of hundreds yeah. of dollars to yeah. even just shake hands with james hetfield for like 5 minutes but here you know the entire world and he's like hey man what's up yeah i don't know what i'll say like honestly even if i pay all that money and it's like a lottery system of sorts but i'll be like hey man big fan i don't know <laughs> Yeah for me that, like that's the interesting thing right i think uh, there's so many different options for monetizing this you know i think that's where the interesting part of this really lies so, so the basic stream could just be one camera uh, which could be $5 and you have something more than that and you get enhanced video and maybe even audio you pay 10 bucks more 15 bucks more you get to hang out with a band on a zoom call uh if you pay 5 bucks more you'll be unmuted you know uh, it, i mean there are so many little levels that you can take this all the way up to something that's really really special right like james i think for 1000 dollars or something james would read out your name and dedicate a song to you or something during that same metallica show right uh, and I, i think that's interesting man like i like i like for example what if uh, and i try to draw an analogy with sports broadcasting right like if it was just two cameras on the stadium without changing at all that would be boring right who would want to watch that but then you add the commentary and you add the on screen stats in suddenly now that becomes a digital experience or like a you know a broadcast experience and you get two totally different things there are people who would want to go to a stadium and experience discomfort and inconvenience uh, but to get that oh, i was there moment right uh, and i see the same kind of thing happening over here there could be a physical and a virtual thing and people who play pay more in the virtual thing they get tiers i i i'd even think that there might even be a free tier which is supported by advertising for example that might even bring it to even more people if you think about it we really don't pay for the cricket or sports that we consume on tv at least right uh, so yeah i think there's a lot of scope for stuff like this the thing is so here's the interesting thing okay if uh the industry i think is confused right now as to whether it wants to invest in all this because all this sounds super expensive because it looks like gigs are kind of ish coming back like every day i see like opeth is now touring europe and uh, iron maiden touring south america and like everybody has plans to get out on the road again i have no idea whether that's going to happen again i think some of these especially these festivals are being extremely optimistic when they're saying we're going to be back in like june 2021 like it's i think it's very very optimistic that they're doing that i think bangalore open air did a smart thing by pushing it till uh, december 2021 very smart of them i think uh, but yeah that's the that's the thing man i i, I genuinely don't know whether the industry uh i uh, everything that i said i'm sure everyone's thought of right all these guys are pretty smart they spent enough time over there it's not like musicians are you know uh they're uh, uh, like they are also thinking of how to make money and stuff like that uh but i don't know whether they know, think whether it's worth it to invest in you know building dedicated jam rooms only for live streaming like like skill box is done for example or whether bands want to do us you know invest in i guess more equipment or something like that for a setup or island city studio renting out their studio or whatever the case may be i think that's like 
we don't know how long this thing is going to go on for so there's that should like chicken egg situation as always but uh, i think it will evolve i am optimistic that even when things are back to uh, you know when we can go out and mosh again that some element of live stream will continue to happen like i can very much imagine a peter saying to me like in 2023 uh, saying like uh, uh, like uh oh like taka taka back for their eighth tour of anti social uh and now that you know our uh, uh, rather our politicians are friends again or something like are you coming no man i caught them last week when they played at uh, whatever i'm just going to catch the live stream this time so like i can imagine you being in the pit over there and me watching from home or something so imagine a hybrid scenario like this happening sometime a lot of what you said makes absolute complete sense and yes those are the questions those were the talking points as such that we were going to try and get views on but since this is the year end show and since we are just trying to kind of chronicle our best experiences through this entire episode i wanted to just quickly go around the room and ask how many uh, beginning with you chak how many physical gigs did you attend this year bc before covid 6 Six, lovely. Okay, after COVID, have you stepped out? No, I haven't. So uh, the gigs that I attended, the last one was United We Groove at uh, Habitat. So which would make Punk on Toast the last band that I have physically seen. So I really hope that. I mean, I love. <laughs> I'm not a big Punk fan, and Kali's a very good friend. Uh, but I hope uh, live gigs come back in some way or the other. uh because then that would mean that punk on toast would i it's not a bad scene actually that they but uh, um i think both kali and i would feel very sheepish about that uh, mahindra blues fest i attended before that so there were a lot of good gigs that were there before and i genuinely thought we would start the year on a very awesome note i remember i think it was you peter uh we were at uh, monuments together if you remember monuments and celestial teapot at anti social very strange but uh, effective combi- combination and i look we both looked at each other and we felt that that gig was going to be this year's ocean you know we still talk about how that 2019 uh, habitat ocean gig was and we both felt like the fuck this monument gigs is like turning out to be that way well it was but it's just because there were no other gigs after the whole live thing no man i haven't attended any live physical gigs at all although i attended about 20 ish live uh, once online i guess Okay, that's cool. Peter, what about you? So I don't have count. And actually, thanks to you, Anmesh, for correcting me. I thought my last gig uh, before COVID was Monuments, the one that uh, at Anti Social that uh, Chuck was talking about. But actually, it was Control All Delete. I think that was the last time I stepped out for a gig, and that seems all the way in like early Feb. And if i knew that that was the last like gig i would attend i think i would have been drinking more beeras than the dope coffee over there but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it it seems really strange and uh, of course i have to give a plug to riot peddlers cuz they launched their uh, ep there so that was good uh, i got my riot peddlers gig for the year but uh, yeah man uh, that was it i think i don't for some reason i don't know why i didn't attend any gig for the rest of the month and march so like 
all of this just seems like you know like two years ago to me for some reason but uh, coming back to the second part i don't know like there, there was a part of me that wanted to attend gigs and i think i pinged chuck uh, saying hey you want to go and i don't i can't remember but i'm pretty sure i messaged you anamesh but the closer the dates came to like the actual gig like my enthusiasm kept like <laughs> tanking more and more and i was like yeah man not worth it i and this is of course prior to them announcing that there's a vi- uh, vaccine being found right but still i was like i i'm just going to hold out for a bit man it's i'm i'm cool <laughs> spot a lot of things in perspective no i can like hear the pain like support the scene but as long as i don't die of an infection first <laughs> <laughs> like i'd rather buy a t-shirt like trust me like all these bands that have played uh, all like friends uh, and stuff so i mean we've talked about it on uh, an episode earlier like i'm very happy to buy a t-shirt and support you uh, i'm pretty sure you'll make more money off that than and the actual gig yeah. <laughs> no fair enough I, and i think that's the thing right i think this is an opportunity for bands to think about you know yeah sucks that they can't perform and we can't pay and support them that way but there are other ways of uh doing things also so uh consider that i guess i guess this is a moment in like uh, animation i'm pretty sure you've seen uh, you've seen this but this is very pop- this is a uh, hilarious tweet um, uh corporate scenario uh, who brought about the digital transformation in your organization answer one c uh, the uh, chief uh, ceo answer two cto answer three cfo and answer four covid 19 and this is like circled around covid-19 so uh, yeah i guess, I, i guess bands should actually try stuff out I, uh, that's why salute at least to the guys who tried this whole live stream thing whether you know we society likes it or not please are trying something and trying some way to make money okay cool but wait animesh what is the last gig you attended was it also yeah. control or lead um i i i was scared i really don't remember like all that all of that just seems just seems like ages back and it probably yeah and it is right it's almost yeah. since we all attended a live gig um okay since we've spoken so much about live streams etc um here's here's a very quick question and i want to get all of your thoughts on um what is a live stream is for you and the reason i'm asking that is of course is it is it an actual uh live performance that is being displayed or broadcast live is it um some amount of interactivity that's accompanying a youtube premiere which also shows live while you're watching it or is it just the fact that you can watch a video only at an appointed time so almost like you're tuning into a tv program what makes a live stream a live stream and especially something that you can that you will remember and you will cherish and you will go like holy fuck that was a good that was paisa vasool i think technically and feel free to like you know um give examples of the live stream things that or the gigs that you've been to online of course that uh, you know really managed to crack this formula and make it work for you um yeah go for it peter okay so i'm going to give at least like multiple levels of examples right i mean uh this band i think has this is their second or third uh, reference to them uh, on this episode takatak 
So they did a live stream, right? But if you look at it in the technical definition, it wasn't really a live stream. But I didn't really care. I mean, let's be honest. What's the odds that, you know, a band based out of Lahore, Pakistan is going to play in Bombay in this decade, right? So I totally enjoyed having to see that. Having said that, what was also unique is they actually used the medium, right? They didn't just... It, it was very easy for them just to take two cameras, like you were talking earlier, have them, you know, pan between the members and all of that. They actually put on that entire show. They did the visuals and all of that. And they kind of told a story through it, right? So what was also cool, and I think this for me was like the cherry on top, is the band members who were actually there in the chat box. And along with that was people like Chuck and everyone else in there. I think Animesh, you also joined in there. And it was like you were actually at a gig, but this time you're not paying the exorbitant booze prices or, you know, no moshing without like the sweaty bodies and all of that. But it was a good fun session and I really enjoyed that. So pre-recorded or not, it, it overcame like all those other things were there. Uh, having said that, I mean, uh, I did, and I think I, I briefly mentioned this to you, Animesh. So another aspect also, Chuck, what you touched upon, and I think bands should do, is so there's a band called Palm Reader. They're based out of the UK. They're a post-hardcore band uh, signed to country uh, Church Road Records. What they did was they packaged their album launch with a live stream, which was, of course, pre-recorded, and it was clearly mentioned. But... If you think about it, if you bought the live stream separate and the digital copy or the CD, but here when it was bundled, it made a no-brainer to kind of buy it. And I did watch most of it. And what was also fun was the band was involved on social saying, what's the favorite? And they played all these songs for the first time live. They did this whole aspect of playing in an actual old church in UK and all of that. So, you know, again, stuff that was really cool. Another band that I want to mention that actually took this, and uh, I'm going to definitely drop uh, a link in the show notes for this, was a band called Wild Creature, who released their album in June. And what they did was, uh, you actually went into the website, and then you could select the view you had of them while they were playing. So it actually felt like they brought the live experience to you and it was all done for free, right? It wasn't like, you know, paid and all. Of course, there were certain tires which were paid uh, and all of that. But that was really cool to me. I and, mean, you know, at the end of the day, to use a medium like, you know, digital and video and, you know, exploit it. Because nobody wants to just, you know, look at one angle in there. People want to feel, you know, that, hey, I'm standing right at the bar or near the sound guy, where's the right sound? And you actually had that. So they, you know, kind of took that whole uh, experience. So, yeah, I, I think those are three of them that really stick out in my mind. Chuck, why don't you have a go? Yeah, uh, beautifully said, man. I, I I didn't know these examples that you uh, that you gave. I kind of like want to check them out now, especially more from a you know a, a, a reference perspective rather than for the musical perspective. But yeah, uh, so a couple of things that you said completely uh, agree on. I think the uh, minimum that a live uh, uh, you know just to answer Animesh's question, the minimum that it should be is. Um, even if it's pre-recorded is that there should be a chat 
uh, and genuinely i'm just realizing that a lot of the shows that i really really enjoyed were more because of the chat and the banter that we were having uh, in the window from strangers around the world in many cases and of course our own little uh, like especially the takata gig like i was a little miffed at the fact that it wasn't live but it was completely compensated for by the fact that there was you there was parul there were you know all the usual guys have been raving about the band for the last uh, one year it genuinely felt like oh wow this is like a nice communal experience that is, hence uh, i would rate that animesh above so okay so here's the thing so the best of the best would be if it is actually the band is actually playing live and there's a live chat that would be like the best thing and there are so many examples of that my favorite example of that probably was catatonia uh, when they played it was a really really nice gig musically uh, there was another band called seller darling that also played at that time which uh, featured members ex members of luit and they was it that was such an endearing gig because they were also gloriously awkward on screen and they were it was just you know it seemed very human to see you know this big band that usually just roars and destroys the stage uh, they are also human and figuring out shit like the rest of us like we have problems on excel they have problem on you know something like this uh, then is when the gig is recorded and the chat is live because i think that generally just feels live i know a lot, lot of gig snobs might hate this order but then i would rank that above a live streamed performance without a chat because i really think that interaction and just interacting with people around the world i think that really just helps and the last of the last is if it's a if you're selling it as a live gig and it's a pre-recorded gig and it doesn't have a chat functionality i think that's Uh, yeah, that that's that's play that that's plain uh, uh, cheating. Uh, I guess you, you uh, might as well do it as a Zoom webinar, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well said. And I have actually I do have a point on that. But just to uh, uh, answer the other question uh, that uh, uh, Animesh asked, and uh, uh, Peter answered the other standout shows for me were Metallica's thing. I already said. and uh, i really enjoyed uh, einar solberg's gig from a couple uh, from last week einar solberg is the lead singer of leprous the norwegian progressive metal band and he's known for his very operatic way of singing he's not a typical metal guitarist he's he actually more voice than words really is uh, or rather instrument than words rather a very hard type of uh, so when he did a solo gig playing piano and that was gorgeous just in terms of uh, turning that music you know from metal to almost uh, chamber music that, um, that that was really really good so those are the three standout gigs for me for the year that being said i did met uh, i mean uh, attended attend quite a few another one that i really enjoyed was by this again scandinavian pop rock band called the night flight orchestra just you know your typical fun um uh, a fun aor like full on 80s aor guilty pleasure kind of band really like those guys so yeah that's mine i guess indian pineapple express they had a great first gig i think they uh, one of the first bands to do it live and they showed no nerves at all i mean i i mean that gig convinced me that these guys are going to be like really really big in both here and abroad they have the musical capability and they just somehow seem to have the you know those that that savvy those chops that are so needed to succeed in 2020 you guys know this better than me uh, i think they have it you know i think they have that secret sauce that uh, stopped mother jane from being maybe an international phenomenon not musically 
yeah thank god for the last comment <laughs> okay so my perspective on this boiled down to um two words i think the first one is and this is something that i keep repeating especially with albums and it stems into anything that's not a live gig right it's authenticity and the second word is the wow factor um these two things make a live stream special and i'll tell you why i'm saying that i attended a grand total of 1 2 3 4 5 6 six live streams in all of the lockdown that's it uh it started off the very first live stream i attended was devin townsend's quarantine concert number 1 and hats off to devin for making it work because that was both authentic and fucking wow because having like having been to a devin townsend physical gig and looking at the kind of pain he does uh, pain he goes through to set up that and and what he did beautifully was he's so transparent when he really wants to be and especially when he's figuring things out and you kind of he himself let through like okay i'm trying to make this happen i don't know how it will happen but this is what i'm doing um i've managed to rig up four different cameras i've attached a camera to my blender i've attached a camera to uh i figured out how to fucking rig cameras from an xbox controller i have three live uh i have three like sound uh boxes that are helping me run this entire gig and i also have to monitor the stream and try and check if that's crashing not crashing etc etc all of that led to fucking absolute like oh my god this is actually happening he's managing to do it right so once that um and what also happens is because i like production is something that you know is is a direct interest for me i end up trying to figure out how all of this could have been achieved right and once we figure that out honestly the sky's the limit so i think that very first quarantine session that kind of just sealed the deal right you know you didn't that became the highlight of what live performance or what live streams could be of course before that you had people like code orange you had um who did fantastic pre-recorded sets which you know performing to and performing to cameras and if you are performing to cameras then you better might as well bring in as much visual aesthetic as you possibly can and make that your wow factor billy eilish's live gig her live stream in which she uh, so two non metal live streams i saw only because i wanted to check out the production quality and what was possible very early on into the lockdown world over um you know when restrictions were just being lifted the black eyed peas did a lovely session with uh, budweiser sponsoring them and you know they got they got the pre-recorded thing right and it also was actually live but the very fact that you that you could that nobody thought of doing it with a nice led stage where there are visuals to keep you uh visually interested in what's going on otherwise you can just fucking play the album on and listen to it right why do you need to watch something live unless you are like a really huge fan of the band we've been doing it since eons ever since dvds became a thing forget dvds ever since vhs became a thing right um it's all been done before 
so yeah that that wow factor is what i'm really talking about um i fully attest with you uh deepak on the metallica gig i thought that was by far the best rendition of what a live gig should be and it's curious that metallica is the one to pull that off right um <laughs> no i'll i'll tell you why it's curious um metallica as a band i think they are one of the only ones to actually put their mouths where their thoughts are because they genuinely get digital and they have the money to actually back up uh what they want to do we've seen it in their concert uh we've seen it in the concert settings etc we've seen it in all the innovations they tried to do with through the never etc we've seen it with their repeated attempts at bringing just doing it for the fans right and i think there there that's a reason why metallica is so big because they genuinely do attempt to give back to the fans and that live set was phenomenal phenomenal i couldn't believe that it took like why couldn't why couldn't any of the previous gigs have done that right it was just such a simple simple setup at the end of the day especially when sports uh companies were doing it too especially when heck you don't need to do it at that scale but if you've all attended a zoom call you know the possibilities of what's happening right and that's what was that was that's the one thing that was like really you, you know that was my like okay is this good enough or not when you have simple people who were doing it and pulling it off just because they got what digital is and they got what the opportunity of digital is the moment you bring money into it that can change stuff around metallica did that beautifully devin townsend did that beautifully and yeah th- th- that's those are my highlights in terms of live gigs i was very disappointed by a lot of the bands and a lot of the artists who were hyping up live gigs and it ended up being pre-recorded fucking video streams unless you know how to visually produce and you know unless you know how to just keep a viewer visually interested eh, just don't do it man let it be like no like you know I, I i'm sorry i have to i have to finish ranting about this um i was genuinely thinking that you know if if we all had access to our instruments and etc right i really wanted to eventually do a riot pedalist gig over zoom over zoom like you know keep it as punk as possible right you all i'll just share a zoom link with you you'll find the three of us in our individual houses and we'll try and jam and it'll sound shit but it's possible yeah that's that's where the magic is i'm i'm going to add here sorry just based on what you said uh, i missed out on talking about devin townsend i think he's been the guy who like has freaking been the savior and i don't know like if there's a year end episode that we can do it horns up and not mention devin townsend uh like first of all like i missed out on those three quarantine sessions and uh, i really regretted it just based on like what i saw later and what was cool was like once someone leaked it doing a screen recording devin said fuck it and he put it up himself in great quality so like a few days later i was enjoying it but what was really like exciting for me was the one he did in september which was the empath uh, live volume 2 which was a by request like here's a guy who actually took the effort and said hey 
I'm going to go relearn all these songs. Songs that he says he had lost the tapes to. So he had to like re-record all of that. I mean, that's the kind of effort he went to. And then to make it even better. And for me, like, even though he did a mix of, you know, pre-recorded stuff with him playing live, 100, I mean, that was like a thousand percent for me, just considering the effort he went through. And like in the end, I loved how he just went, uh, you know, hey, this is what we're doing. They did that whole space theme and all of that. Uh, that was really neat. I mean, God, Gene Hoagland and Devin Townsend in the same frame. Didn't expect them to play, uh, you know, Strapping Young Lad. But then, you know, just when you think that hard, Devin has done it, he comes back in September when he does the Halloween set where it's again part playing live, right? Like he's right there in front of a blue screen. Uh, Steve Vai comes in in the pirate uh, thing. Oh my God, like I'm telling you, I stopped, I think, and this is the downside of most of the live streams for us, right? Is nobody considers India as a market. So my wife, I think it was the uh, Empath Live one, it was three in the morning and she saw me like singing along, looking into my laptop and she's like, what happened to you? And I was like, well, strapping young lad, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely those two were like, again, shows I forgot to mention earlier. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to like, uh, <laughs> Animesh, firstly, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed your rant. <laughs> it was, no, because you uh, hit it on the head, man. I think it's about giving people an experience, you know, whether it's live or not. All right, if it's not going to be live, it's going to be pre-recorded and make it worth being pre-recorded. Like I thought the Tesseract gig was pretty good purely for that. It was like, uh, I don't think it lived up to the hype. I think they kept saying things like cinematic, uh, theatrical experience or something like that. At the end of the day, it was a good show with lots of good lighting, probably the best lit show that I have attended. Uh, but it wasn't a cinematical theatrical experience or anything like that. It's just like them playing with some footage of some people interspersed in the middle. At least that's what I thought. Like many people in comments were going gaga. Like really, dude, this is just story. This is just footage of some a kid that you shot before. Obviously, is going up to be Dan Tompkins, right? Uh, but anyway, that was a small little thing aside. But uh, others did, man. Others did take that effort of uh, giving that experience. Uh, and you know, I think it just is. It's it's not even about it doesn't even need to be visually great that's the thing right it's just about like so this was an interesting year in which there were two nh7s technically right there was that nh7 at home that happened uh earlier in the year i don't know if you guys remember that a series of instagram lives basically yeah it was basically just a series of instagram lives uh with artists from around the world which i thought was Cool, they got this guy, including that guitarist, uh, uh, Gardner Fernandez, what? Uh, uh, Manuel Gardner Fernandez, one of those Pliny type guitarists. And then they had that recent, more NH7 weekendary, weekendary, which was put on a, this thing and all. And I thoroughly, I actually kind of enjoyed the first one better, even though it was, you know, very scrappy. But it felt scrappy. It was artists interacting with you. Yeah, the music ended up being monotonous after a point, but at least they were answering questions They're like, oh, it's you, you're my fan. Then the other thing was pre-recorded. And as a result of which, a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, the 
magic went you know it, it's it's lovely when there are interactions like i think trivium again as <laughs> a sorry we can't do a year end episode without me talking about trivium i guess um they were very savvy like to bring go back to your point about savvy about saviness saviness doesn't need to be expensive you don't need a metallica level setup in order to throw a good live stream these guys were very good on twitch all they did was they did they were jamming in their jam room in their regular jam room and matt heafy he had a mic stand which he repurposed to a phone stand so he was reading real time comments so he would respond to comments between gigs and that that simple act itself was enough to elevate it from a show to a you know live show where you felt that you had some stake in the show i think that's the thing right like even at a physical gig uh, people feel that they have stake in the show like i think it's all about that <clears throat> even on a live stream if you're able to bring that in some way oh he might respond to my comment uh i think it's just about that uh, i think all of us are pretty much just saying that i think all the best experiences that we've had uh are pretty much uh, yeah just that fantastic yeah i just wanted to just uh, say one more thing about i just like not not related to this at all but since you were talking about metallica and how savvy they were that's something i definitely felt i've been feeling it for a long time after i saw metallica in uh, amsterdam in 2019 i'm not sure if this was shown at the gurgaon gig of course uh, so uh, at the end of the show gurgaon gig there was no gurgaon gig oops sorry my mind there was no fucking gurgaon gig i'll never fucking forgive delhi and gurgaon for that you fucking cunts <laughs> that was uh, meant uh, that was meant to trigger but i didn't think it would evoke uh, that strong a reaction this quickly but uh, no man um uh, i uh, they at the end of that show i remember they put a film that they custom made for amsterdam which was footage from them traveling from airport to this thing setting up that venue having the the flag of the netherlands with thank you amsterdam in the middle uh, it was tailor made that video was tailor made for that performance and they are still the only band who i know that makes the audio from each uh, gig available for purchase on their website like every single gig even the bangalore one for example like um they're a very digitally savvy band which is so so ironic given that they were the granddads when they came into this decade ago like, uh, napster what is napster so yeah deepak again you hit the fucking nail on the head um yes metallica <laughs> yet again are proving how how valuable they are sitting at the top of the metal chain right uh but you know what the point that you said about uh, doing customized videos and stuff guess who's actually been doing that a lot earlier than metallica especially at live shows it's fucking case so oh. when case releases a statement and now we have the promotions and stuff for it right about them doing what's going to be perhaps the world's most uh expensive production not their words not mine right their words not mine and doing a live show on new year on new year's eve where the live stream is the most inanely priced thing i've ever seen in my life and it's so fucking kiss to do it where your opening tier itself is a hefty 40 dollars with only one replay and that too which is time restricted <laughs> considering how well they're selling it and considering their promotion right i'm expecting it to be 
like death clock levels <laughs> but will you guys be attending the kiss show on new year's eve uh so yes i will actually because <laughs> not because i can say that i'm a massive fan of the band uh but i think if there's one band that can do justice to this this is this is not going to be them putting a web switching a webcam on and just playing awkwardly this is not going to be that you know there were a few bands that i was hoping would do a live stream because this you know i i can think of them being able to put on a show muse was one of them which never happened gorillas was an other which they did last week but uh, it was kind of underwhelming because it was there was again no chat it was completely the same oh incidentally one gig i didn't mention liam gallagher playing on the river thames on a boat that was like crazy but yeah <coughs> kiss i thought man these guys can pull it off and i saw the price animesh i must say like holy shit do i really want to spend that much amount of money to see kiss but then i remembered and you guys will remember this because i said uh, spoke about this last year uh, when i saw them play at grass pop uh, again a band that i did not expect i was la- like laughing why is kiss like ending grass pop for example why are they like the, the final act uh, but they had the crowd eating out of their hands man and these were guys like i remember and um, there was this time when kiss was doing this like f- this free this uh, what uh, you just play whatever you want that kind of thing with the with the video visuals changing and everything and it ended with the drummer just pointing his uh, stick into the camera at that exact second so they choreographed even that so i have no doubts that these guys are going to put on a show worth remembering uh, it works out beautifully for us in india because it starts at 11:30 uh so we'll be watching kiss into tour what a way to start 2021 i guess uh but i have no doubts that they'll put on a great show whether you like their music itself or not that's a separate question but i think they'll do justice to this format and if you're open minded enough to uh check this out purely for the production i have no doubts as well isn't dubai like how much more kiss can this get they're going to play at the tip of that that stupid man made island <laughs> at the atlantis oh man this is going to be crazy this is so kiss like exactly it's so kiss right oh yeah but <laughs> fuck like oh shit i said but fuck <laughs> um yeah you you absolutely encapsulated why uh, why anybody should be attending that show and yeah we are, we are, I, i don't know why we are plugging it so much but but here's the thing right uh the fact that it's digital also means that I'm pretty sure by the time the set is over there will be a thousand YouTube mirrors which will be live and honestly I I'm still I'm a bit on the fence because it's New Year's Eve guys we potentially may have more important stuff to do on New Year's Eve than watch a kiss show and yeah but then again I'm still in two minds about it I'm I'm the and the only reason I, I'm in two minds about it is because I know it's going to be a fucking spectacle. I know it. Like I can like yeah, it's case it has to be a fucking visual spectacle. I'm going to make a prediction. I think they are going to be aware of different time zones and I think at 12 India time somehow they may say it out or it might be on screen or something like that but I think they're going to be aware of uh that uh as well and do something about that 
I guess, yeah, maybe it'll be linked to how many people from uh, the regions have bought their tickets, right? Because that, again, would be a very kiss thing to do. <laughs> I, well, honestly, I have it uh, on my Santa wish list of sorts. So anyone listening want to gift it to me, please feel free. <laughs> my wife, if you're listening. <laughs> What are the chances of uh, your wife actually listening to the podcast uh, and not being in the same room? <laughs> Sadi, I get an email. Your ticket is here. <laughs> yes. Best Christmas present ever. On that note, gentlemen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming back, Chuck, and uh, you know, helping us just wrap our heads around live streaming. And yes, we don't know how it's going to pan out in 2021, but uh, live streams are here to stay, especially if a band like Underoath can pull off that kind of revenue. That's fucking impressive, right? Sure. That's like a monumental fucking amount. But that, that's a case study in itself, man. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. It is, it is, it is a case study, but at the end of it, I think it just comes back to how much of an effort are you trying to get are you trying to make it for the fan itself so that the fan who ultimately just wants to you know either see a fucking show or just come to you and pay you that money so that he can put all he or she can put all his worries behind and you know just be lost in your world for two to three hours if you can make it special for that fan you have got yourself a fucking model that you can keep replicating and I've spoken a lot already on the show. I just want to end with one thing. I hope that we can do this again next year. And then also we have a mix of live streams and physical gigs, but in reversed order. So that's like my little wish for this uh, next one year, I guess. Let's see what happens. Well, that has been a super, super, super long episode. And with that, it's... Uh curtains for haunts up in the year 2020 we shall be seeing you in 2021 isn't that right peter yep and you know what we do first thing every year and now it's an annual thing i guess right yep uh, what is 2021 hold for metal for you guys on haunts up next week till then as always you can reach out to us at hauntsuppod.com <laughs> We are on Twitter at Hansapod. I'm at Asmo Annie. I'm at Trend Crusher. Chuck, you want to add? And, oh, sorry. I thought since that was the outro, I would uh, keep my make myself a good guest and show myself. Well, I am Chuck underscore Gopal on Twitter and Chuck of all trades on Instagram. Till the next time, horns up. Horns up, up guys. <laughs>